Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Smooth Ambler. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? I mean, other than my uh, running backs on my fantasy team, hmm. like, not too bad. Yeah. You know, constantly having to sit there and find a new one, it seems like, every week. But, you know, pretty good other than that. Right. Well, we're in the fall. We just spend all day setting up our, you know, going to the, st- the you know, the, the garden and getting our pumpkins and our gourds yeah. and, you know, all the apple cider, all the things. Got to get ready things. for fall and Halloween, yep. all that fun exactly. stuff. Exactly. Dug all the, the box of Halloween decorations out of the, the basement. So we spent probably three hours this morning setting all yeah. that up so uh it's one of sarah's favorite days of the year probably like hey you know second favorite after when she sets up christmas decorations <laughs> uh but so she loved it and it's kind of cool to have more of a, a you know it's spooky season so it's cool to have the vibe going so well, that's kind of where we're about at to have a, a new special guest hopefully by the time spooky season comes fully around there, yeah so. talk about scary having <laughs> a baby <laughs> i mean yeah well, I don't. Uh, I gotta say, Andy, I don't amble a lot, but when I do, I do it smoothly. So tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Smooth Ambler. Of course. So this is one that uh, I want to say this might be the first, as far as I know, legal whiskey distillery in West Virginia. Nice. Uh, I, I think it's our first West Virginia one too. Yeah, I think it's the first one we've done. Yeah. We might have done one on Old Scout, which is by Smooth Ambler. Made gotcha. by Smooth Ambler. But right. No, that makes this sense. This is the first one we've like officially done like a the overall name. brand yeah. on. Um, and so they were first established in 2009 uh, by a couple guys, one of whom, John Little, is still actually in the distillery still, working for them. I think he's their COO or chief marketing officer or something like that still with the brand. Gotcha. Um. But they were established then in 2009 in the uh, town of Maxwellton, uh, West Virginia. And basically their whole history was uh, being the first West Virginia, at least as far as I know, the first legal West Virginia distillery, uh, was to set up, um, or you know, their goal was setting out to create um, the whiskeys and other spirits that you know, they, like, they would like and can be award-winning spirits uh and also at the same time you know like so many other brands that we've covered in you know say kentucky or indiana or or other parts of the u.s or even scotland or ireland um you know applying their local know-how for them that would be uh appalachian mountains know-how in west virginia um to make uh, a you know a fantastic product as well as a um, you know make every West Virginian that buys it proud for the brand and it's something that as much as they can they try to make everything uh, grain to glass you know whether it's the um, r- rye corn or wheat grains that they get as well as all the water that they get you know making it from a hundred percent West Virginia sourced products. And it's also, as far as I've seen, 100% or close to 100% family distilled operation, too. <coughs> and so most of their, um, most of their stuff, like I was saying, uh, trying to source all, of, at least the grain from West Virginia, you know, they, a lot of it, they ship from a farm like 30 miles away in the next county over in West Virginia. 
And if they have to, they'll, you know, supplement with other Midwestern farmers. But sure. most of it, they try to source there from um, West Virginia there. And then, <clears throat> you know, once they get that, they'll mash all those corn, rye, and wheat grains in. And then distill it all. And put, you know, the uh, raw distillate into uh, barrels coming from uh, one of the biggest producers in I forget where they're from, but I know they're in the U.S., uh, Independent Stave Company. Um, <clears throat> you know, barrels from them. And then those typically will go into either one of... And I know they use some other ones, but typically it's going into either a char number three or char number four barrel okay. from Independent Stave. And typically this process for them... I don't know how long it takes, but I know typically it'll be about 120 barrels a month that they're producing. Per at least when I was researching like a week or week and a half ago, um, something like that for the episode. You know, they're saying they only do about 120-ish barrels a month. Gotcha. Uh, so definitely not like you know Buffalo Trace, Old Forest, or Jack Daniels large, but I feel like they've definitely gotten a huge. At least in the Cincinnati market, like I've seen them a lot, like a vast reach. Even if they're not like the biggest brand out there, they've got a wide reach, even if it's not deep gotcha. for them. Uh, and then, much like a few other brands, like I think Wild Turkey, uh, Maker's Mark, a few other brands, you know, they definitely don't do uh, the temperature regulated uh, rick houses. So they go, they age typically four to six years at least minimum, in non-temperature regulated metal-sided single-story rickhouses on-site. Okay. And then, um, like I said, for the four to six years, at least minimum for all the products, and then bottle into a wide variety of those products that they go into. Uh, as far I don't know the specific mash bill that they have necessarily for everything, but those products would be um, their Old Scout American Whiskey, uh, which is sourced from around the country, around the United States, but is typically a blend of 36% rye, 9-year-old MGP distillate, and 5-year-old Tennessee whiskey, which I'm assuming is probably either um, either Dickel or maybe Jack Daniels uh, distillate. Yeah. That's the Tennessee. Then they have their uh, Smooth Ambler Contradiction rye and bourbon, we're trying the bourbon here today uh, along this line, uh, which is a blend of nine-year-old 21% rye mash bill MGP alongside four-year-old um, weeded smooth ambler that'll go in. At least to the bourbon, we'll go into that. Definitely. Or I'm assuming for the rye would probably be like the four-year-old rye mash, whatever four-year-old rye mash bill is for the smooth ambler rye. Right. They also have their... Um, Founders cask strength whiskeys, as well as a uh, their old scout single barrels, which is I think what pretty much anybody can get. Like I know Ohio has had a couple single barrels from old scout that they've done in the last year or two. Gotcha. Um, and those would be the uh, MGP thirty six percent rye mash bill that would be aged to at least nine years old. Cool. From it. Very cool. And most of them, I think, are all fairly accessible, like 30 to 40 bucks. I want to say, starting point, price-wise, yeah, that you can get. 
For sure. As uh, you mentioned, we're going to be doing the uh, the Smooth Ambler Contradiction Bourbon. It uh, It is, as you said, a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys, and it clocks in at 92 proof. Okay. Distilled in West Virginia, Tennessee, and Indiana. This is batch number 499, and it was bottled by someone named Jordan. That's all it says is Jordan. Okay. So... I don't know who Jordan is, but hopefully it's a good bottle. Yeah, you, if, if not, Jordan, we're coming after you, buddy. <laughs> All right, so let's do the tasting. As always, we're going to start with the notes. Not the most complex nose, but it's not no. a bad nose by any means. Agree. It's, uh, I'm not picking up a ton on it, like you yeah. said. It's not that complex. It's, it's lovely, but it's just not... I mean, I kind of get like the florals, the caramels. That's what I'm maybe getting. Maybe some citrus in there. That's what I'm getting to, yeah. That I get off a typical like MGP or other like kind of price-wise or proof-wise right. like starter bourbon. Kind of what you would expect almost. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a good introductory bourbon, but it's not like, like we were saying, it's not, you know, super complex For on sure. the nose. No, it's not. Let's, uh, let's give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Relatively smooth. Yeah, yeah, a little smooth. Um, I think it's a little, like a little hotter than a ninety, like a ninety-five, maybe. Yeah, like, like ninety-five like, to one hundred proof, proof kind of tastes 90, like that. But it is a ninety-two. Yeah. Um, getting a little bit of caramel. Again, it's just not. I get super like it, complex. What are you picking? Yeah, up? Yeah, like I don't get super on the palate. It's not like super complex. I mean, I get a little bit of that caramel or citrus note on it. Yeah, specifically like a orange citrus note. No, I do. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, But I mean, other than that, like all I'm kind of getting is like a nuttiness or or, Mm -hmm. uh, barrel note on it. Like maybe some like kind of like if there's sweetness, like a on top of the caramel, like a kind of slightly bubblegum note on it. Finish is real short. Like it fades pretty quick, I I think. Yeah. For me, I'd say the same. Uh, It's, you know, so like we were saying throughout it, not the most complex thing. I think definitely great, like we were saying last week about the, uh, you know, Rossville Union. It's definitely a great introductory bourbon. Yeah. But it's, I, I think, comparative to the Rossville Union, it's probably a better introductory bourbon. As compared to that, that might be a better introductory rye if somebody's sure. used to bourbon and wants to try one. Definitely. There. Um, I'd be curious to try it because the Contradiction Bourbon, as you said, it's not their um, like flagship. They've got one that's kind of like a more introductory level that's like five bucks cheaper. I'd be curious to see how that one drinks. We might have to bring it back at some point to compare it to this. But, I mean, $40 is what I paid for it. Um, I would say it's probably 35 is probably a more fair price. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's... It's, it's good. It's just not. It's not going to knock your socks it's, off. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's one that definitely it's good. Not going to knock your socks off. Maybe better in a, like a lower end cocktail to try to introduce somebody to bourbon, sure, and whiskey at large. Uh, definitely not one I'd pay secondary prices or anything like that no, for. Def- definitely not. But it's but not. It's still, I, it's still solid. Cool yeah. bottle, you know, normal kind of shaped bottle, but with a black label. It's got an elephant yeah. on top of a barrel. It's it's it's, yeah. it's kind of good looking has... whiskey. I mean, I'm gonna keep yeah. it on my shelf, but I, it's not one. I'm I'm gonna be proud to have it on my shelf, but it's not one that I'm gonna rip through because I can't stop yeah. drinking it. Kind of a thing. yeah, exactly. 
All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to, and share every episode of Distilled Discussions. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.